veterans. I already did my two minutes anyway. So two minutes of silence. See, that'd be a, that's a little bit too much silence to get a good uh, noise floor. That's that's more than I need by quite a long shot. Perspective on that: as I grow older, it becomes less and less interesting. But years ago, I always used to think to be really respectful because, like when I was twenty, twenty-one, if there was a war, we'd be going. Yeah, I can't imagine. No, I I feel like I sort of can imagine because I just have I've had a lot of interest in that field and maybe being in high school I thought of maybe that could be an outcome perhaps but I was that was kind of a weird thing but I, I like a lot of war novels not necessarily ones that just glorify war but like interesting ones like I think Catch Twenty Two is probably one of my favorite novels that's based around soldiers there's very little to do with actual war. But a lot of being what life is like being these soldiers. That was pretty good. That's interesting. You should definitely read Catch Twenty Two if you haven't. I saw my book that you didn't know where it was. You did. Where is it? It's on your shelf in your office. In my office. Yeah. Tila must have been moving it around on me. But I saw it. I thought you had put it there because we talked about it. So I left it. I still have. I would have not found it. Uh, it's in the the. The shelving of squares. Mm-hmm. It's on the left-hand side. Now I can find it. Yeah. The chaos of moving is unbearable in many ways. Well, especially when the prep isn't that good, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, was the topic of last time, but it's still, it's a week later, and still much is to be unpacked. And worse so than that is that while well, pretty much 70% of the stuff is out of the garage. So that's good. About... 50% of it is in the basement still boxed because it's just shit we don't need. So, yeah, I don't I don't know how to feel about that necessarily, but less stuff in the garage is good space to work. Kitchen is not really gutted, but is everything stripped down to the drywall. So we're ready to put in a new kitchen and do that renovation. Renovating is pretty fun. Kind of imagined it would be. It looked like depends as we've said before depends on the type of renovation uh doing a new kitchen yeah that seems intriguing uh doing drywall stuff sure that sounds fine gutting a house like my my stepsister does and just making it like just getting rid of everything and starting fresh that doesn't intrigue me that that's the there's a lot of precision to certain things like if you're not used to tile work with tiles or or other like types of materials sure but honestly if you go the step further than we did and you take down the drywall you might redo the electrical which you probably want an electrician to do if if you don't know yourself how to do those kind of things and maybe you have to rewrite plumbing so you probably want a plumber but really other than that it's Insulation, doing the insulation proper, doing a vapor barrier proper, and you kind of just put the drywall back up. It, it, that's kind of the more satisfying element, especially if you have to reframe stuff because I am a framer. It sounds fun. I can get creative with my own house. I know what you can and can't do, and and I could I happily take out certain walls that don't need to be there, and and if there are low bearing walls, I could I know where to put beams and, and what materials to get and all the kind of things to very quickly reframe a house if necessary from the inside so you're just other things but this this is interesting your time line for that house is six months right i don't have a timeline necessarily oh we're gonna live in the well i don't know tila makes a lot of promises but i i i think the way that makes sense is we have tenants in the other half of the yep. duplex right so they're gonna live there for a year that's what leases are a year and that gives us a year to basically, and I'd want to live in a finished house for some of that. So sooner than a year. Okay. But it's achievable at the rate that we're going to have renovated everything we want to, in my estimation, in probably three to four months. Okay. Well, then that knocks off all the questions I was going to ask. Okay. I'm kind of curious what the questions were then. Well... See now, I don't. I don't want to get into conversations that haven't been had between the two of you. <laughs> yeah, there's. 
they get had it's sort of but it, i think a lot of the estimating because i don't i don't really put numbers to a lot of stuff i, I think just, that's an issue putting numbers to yeah. anything that's not a professional job it, Be- it's not important really because i don't want to stop i just want to keep going until the job is done my main question was and i mean i guess it's null and void if there was a theoretical we're only going to live in this house for six months it'll be longer but sure Hmm? I, i think it'll be the full year but we'll see okay well if that was the theory then why even bother unpacking a lot of it six months is going to be gone before you know it and my answer to that would be to repack it properly okay that's a fair answer a little bit passive aggressive but a fair answer and if you're going to be there for a year then yes you should just unpack it all anyways no i i I gotta stick to it after we're done the kitchen at least to if if by the time the living room is set up enough that we can put stuff in it and there's still things that don't get unpacked that aren't like just seasonal they make sense to have for seasonal stuff it's got to go it's got we got to get rid of it I'm, i'm still reluctant to even keep it Christmas tree because I could just cut one of those down or, or go to a tree farm or something. I saw that you got rid of better. your beer cans. Oh, they but yeah, I refuse to take them inside the house because they are junk. Mostly, I wanted to just sell them to somebody that was going to do something creative with the beer cans, but nobody will even give me so much as twenty dollars. So there's no point. It's so, worth the try. Yeah, and you got to enjoy the beer. Yeah, and and there's about fifteen dollars worth of returns money, anyways. Because I had over 100 beer cans. So maybe I'll just go you should. return them. Make 15. I mean, if you were going to ask for 20 bucks, I'll make 15. Might as well get 15. At, at the beer store. Hmm. Yeah, I can't see myself wanting to retain that garbage. No. Uh, that's one of the interesting things, talking about moving in with, you know, Melissa, about all the stuff that. I may have to get rid of and purge. I, I know it seems because I had a lot of shit moving in here, but I got rid of a lot of shit before. It doesn't look like you have that much stuff, really. The closets are a bit full. Well, maybe that's where it, the stuff that needs to go. Otherwise, even office desk with everything that seems essential, and you have a bookshelf with books that's full. It's not wasting space. It's not too big of a bookshelf. So, pretty reasonable. It just all depends on where we move. Hmm. It would make sense to move into a house, probably. Which gives you way more space. I like certain design cues that I see in people's places. Like, I do like what they did in your apartment with the shower. Because I never thought of it like this. Because you always see shower curtains with just a simple bar. And it's this thing that's just sort of there. But the one, the way they do them now, I guess, is that you can get ones that are like rounded out yeah. and they go and they give you more space. And yeah. that way they sort of come in at the bottom like they have to, but you feel more spacious. What I think is a good idea, because at the place that I live now, there's a glass shower door, but it is the weirdest half-ass solution I've ever seen to a shower door because there's no silicon at the bottom. So just, it'll open out and in. And basically while you're taking a shower, theoretically it'll just drain over the edge and you'll get water on the floor. But Seems to not be too big of an issue. But it only covers about half... It only goes back about halfway on the tub. So there's a huge open space. Which I've always enjoyed showers because you get like this weird... Like all the moisture and warmth collects in yep. this space. And it's pleasant. Doesn't happen in the house. Not even a little bit. Oh. It's terrible. Just small things like that. And it's funny that a shower curtain is preferable to a glass door installation in this instance. But I think that's what I might go with. It works. Oh, shower curtains do work, and you get a good rounded one, like you said. It does add a little bit more room, and I mean, most people, when they stand in the shower, you're not standing spread eagle, so you're standing with your feet side by side, but having the extra room to move around is is nice for shower singing and other shower-related activities. Yeah, space is nice. I clean in the shower, like... I'll clean the shower while I'm showering. Oh, yeah. That makes perfect sense to do. And it's nice to actually have room to scrub and everything. Spray in some scrubbing scrubbing bubbles before you get in or something. Yeah. The An interesting thing that I'm really thinking about now is the business side of, of doing what we're doing. Because I sort of made her sit down with me and talk about the time that it's going to take to recuperate the spending that we're doing now on top of what the mortgages and all that. So the renovation costs. It seems quite feasible that even if the renovation costs 
at the end of this all, or maybe between three and $4,000, that it's actually not even that big of a deal. Like you can make that money back, I think in about maybe two years, which is, is not an unreasonable time to wait. And then all you get after that is profit. It's just the, it's, it's the question of, okay, if I don't renovate, I can reasonably ask $1,000 for this half of the house. But if I do, maybe 1250 or 1300 but yeah it's that it's that extra amount versus you could do nothing and get a thousand you could do four thousand dollars worth of work and you could get 200 bucks extra a month or whatever which adds up oh it does add up sure you just have to you have to know what you're going to do ahead of time and kind of plan accordingly and then also judge it based on what the market in Welland will hold. Which it seems, I probably talked about it a little bit before too, but it seems like it's on the upswing. It seems like things are getting nicer. People <clears throat> are buying houses to flip them. There's lots of renters, lots, lots of people that need housing. I've, I've seen lots of people posting about, I want a house in Welland. I think we both know at least one person. At least one person. I was actually thinking about that this entire yeah. conversation. She's uh, she's down to the down to the wire to find a place too. It's desperate. It housing seems good still. It seems still like a good market to be in if you are a landlord. Yeah, but that's I would argue the landlord's time to shine is almost anywhere. I feel well, I feel like you couldn't ask such prices that you see in the market now even like five years ago like oh. comparatively it was not as hot of a market well i mean you we have higher minimum wages now the cost of living you could argue has gone up a good amount in that amount of time but at the same time it, it's a lot more money like the prices that i used to rent houses for as a student no longer exist I have a rough idea as to what they rent what they mm. rented out my old apartment mm-hmm. uh, for, mm-hmm. based what on I based on what I paid versus and they did no extra work. They might have painted, right? The some spots needed to be painted, but they didn't they didn't get rid of the tape marks that I left on the floor or anything yeah. like that. So they did nothing. nothing. Yeah. Uh, by the time I left, I was paying like 875 there they're now renting it for i believe it is just around a thousand 975 to a thousand so that's their market adjustment and how long ago did you start living there exactly uh april 2015 so three years so a three-year price adjustment of of about a hundred and a hundred to 150 bucks because when I when I got the place, I started my lease at eight fifty. So mm-hmm. from then to now, it's adjusted about one hundred and fifty bucks a year hmm. or a month. So that's what that's eighteen hundred dollars extra a year. Quite a lot in the volume of apartments. Do you do you know how many units are in this building? Well, we can. You're just gonna math out how many there are per floor. Then you do the math. See. From what I understand, the ones on this side, so this corner one and the corner one back there on the third, second, and first floor, they're two bedrooms. The one on that side is three bedrooms. Three, 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 three. I didn't know this building had three bedroom units. It's pretty big, yeah. It is. Uh, I can only imagine how much they are, but. um, So, you know, there's four, at least four. One, two, three, ten, fourteen a floor, I would say. Four, three floors. So, 42 units. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, reasonably sized building. Each one's dual, just average lowball it, say. A thousand bucks a month. It's forty two thousand a month. Seems like that's gonna keep the the building open for sure. Yeah. Hmm. I think a lot of people who live here too seem to be long term tenants for the most part. When I first got here it was a semi sketchy building. 
yeah. was nice. The units were fine. The building itself is solid and didn't have any issues. But there were people that uh, would be yelling and screaming in the hallways and banging on people's doors and running around the hallway in less clothing than they should be. Like Kind of like where I live now. Yeah. Yes, but that's just Welland. Yeah. Uh, and then it got better. And there are families, and I always forget that they're there's like a lot of people in this building because you rarely see anybody um but if there's 42 units might not be exactly that amount but that means that at the very at the very least there's 42 people at least yes and there's definitely more and you don't really see them but i know there's families i know there's kind of young people <laughs> at one point there might have been a student or two and it's a fine it's a fine building but I, I don't know. I think one day, I don't know if the, if the money, one thing that we can all agree on, uh, being you, me, Tila, I'm sure Melissa, probably even Justin and Bree, although I haven't really ever talked about that with Justin, but I think we can all agree that renting, like as an owner, renting out a property is a smart thing to do. We've all talked about it. You're doing it. Yeah. And when I buy a place, eventually that is that is what I'm going to do. But do you think that it's better to just rent out houses or getting an apartment building that you could rent? The apartment building is a big scale thing. You really need a lot of money to start doing But there's smaller say. apartment buildings. <clears throat> yeah. The one that I lived in before this only had 12 units. Okay. I don't see any problem if there isn't really an issue in this region about not filling units. I don't think. I've I never, don't think so I've at all. I've never heard about it. So it really seems like you can't go wrong, especially if you are a handy person and you can maybe update a unit here or two or there to really bring yourself more high-end clientele, which not only brings more money, but it brings less problems because the, the apartment across the street is what I'm talking about when people are screaming having domestic incidents. I've seen the cops every day of the week. I've seen the fire department. I've seen a lot of stuff in the few days that I've lived there. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be open to the idea of owning a small apartment complex for sure, should the, the money be there. I don't really know if the mortgage works the same way, but I'd imagine it's quite similar to the mortgage on a house. I read, I, I met, I meet a lot of people at BD's and I met a guy who was talking about how he, that's what he does he owns a bunch of properties and he took a chance and got a loan I'm trying to tell the story right uh got a loan to get the proper funding to do a like a building like an apartment building the only issue is he did it in like early 2008. Yeah, bad. And he's like, I couldn't sleep at night. And I just hope and pr I hoped and prayed for about a year and a half that my wife never asked about our finances. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> that's, a, that's ballsy. But he made it through. He made it through and he's quite successful now. And it seems like it's a, it's a, uh, like a, a good thing to do and it's always been on my radar it's just I've plotted out life plans differently I like the idea of detached homes in the way that you have a little stake in every, a bunch of communities theoretically that's fair I, can get a, I don't have to be a mom for the next house I could buy one in Thorold or Niagara Falls or St. Catharines or Fort Erie or anywhere that's necessarily accessible that I could perform duties as a landlord, I would say. So it's kind of nice having a stake in each of these communities and sort of spreading yourself out as opposed to just buying an apartment complex on some street somewhere. And that's now that's where you got to be a lot of the time. I, find, I think that's a little bit less appealing. But the smaller ones certainly make sense. And I don't know, if, if it is profitable and you can afford to have somebody manage certain things for you, for the properties in, in bigger situations and i guess it wouldn't be that bad well i mean there's superintendents that you could have <clears throat> you lose depending like this building's weird because it had a superintendent and it had somebody who just handled the the rent 
but theoretically you could have a superintendent that takes care of the the rent and also just uh, like the general issues light bulbs that for some reason i can't replace not necessarily these but in the other apartment i couldn't open up any of my light fixtures to get to my light bulbs there were pot lights like these no that just kind of like those but it had a you would think the the older ones in the apartment building had like a screw where i thought i could just get the bowl out but the bowl was actually attached to the fixture that one looks to me there's there's a type of um that one i could probably get into yeah some of them have like three prong like one, yeah they start from the sides and then one of them moves so but you gotta move the one and then you can anyways the other you two. could get somebody living there for cheaper rent that handles the rent and the day-to-day stuff mm-hmm. so that at least is the we know was pair of superintendents yes well, which i guess i could ask them i just like thought of something what's that my neighbor, the superintendent here, yes. has had a really interesting life. We should get him on I'm going to see. He would come on on one condition, I know. What's that? That you, him, and I share a good bottle of whiskey. I That's how he tells stories. At least one possibly good bottle of whiskey. So I will talk to him, and I will see what he thinks. Okay. I'm down for that. And it's super accessible because he's always probably in this vicinity. Exactly. <laughs> He's very interesting. He's an artist. Hmm. He plays drums. So Probably not in this building. Hmm? Probably not here. Yep. Here? Yep. You don't hear it? Never. How? Electronic drums? I assume so. They have to be, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody's playing a freaking drum set in an apartment building. He loves his vinyl records, though. Ooh, I should ask questions. I can ask so many questions yes, about that. Yes, you can. Because I want to get into that. He's got a good setup. Hmm. I have to get a good record player. Do we have we talked about record players on the podcast? We talked like, about them a little bit. I feel like I, I need to talk about it again. Almost, I don't. I'm lost on it, but I know I need to get a good record player. That's the important. Yes. The modern ones, even if you spend good money, are apparently notorious for scratching stuff and, and destroying records prematurely. So I don't know. It sucks because I appreciate it more now than I did before but my grandmother actually both of them but my one grandmother had a six record record player that's huge so it would and it was it was all in case so this it had a big uh like big firing speaker and whatnot very cool record player but you could line up six records and when it was done it would drop another one so you can play multiple records that's awesome why the fuck did we, I not say I wanted it? Oh. I could have put it somewhere. Yeah. We sold it. Some lucky bastard. But <sighs> such a good record player. <laughs> I know one of my uncles has one that's apparently really good. Some old German-made record player. And I only know that because it was stored at the family cottage for a long time. A lot of the stuff was just left there. I got in shit one time for pulling it out, and I tried to use it. And, eh. I, I kind of... I wish I got to listen to it. I was pretty close. I had it set up. I had a record in it. I got the needle on it. I didn't have a way to output the sound, and I was figuring that part out. And my dad came out, and he's like, no, you can't touch that. Like, <laughs> oh, well. But I have records now, which I didn't have before. I have a few. How many people do you think have vinyl records but have never owned a way to play them? A lot of people, probably. They just get passed down. Well, they get passed down. I have records that I that I listened to when I was a kid that I don't have a way of... I, at the time, didn't have a way of listening to them, but I thought it'd be cool to have. I was gifted an original Margaritaville record. It's pretty cool. Like, the first time it was ever released, mm-hmm. so... Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, it it's... I, I don't know, it's... Probably a lot of people have some sort of tie to vinyl. Here's something that you don't hear about too either. People collect cassettes, you'd think, right? But cassettes are so hard to find. Okay. Again, at BD's, yeah. there's a graphic design company that works in the pl- in a plaza or is in the plaza across the street, kind of like where Batila used to work. Yeah. And we got a phone call from them saying, hey, UPS dropped something off to you guys and it was supposed to go to us. Like, well, our addresses are very 
not the same. So I don't understand how they made that mistake. But okay. So I went to go. Okay. And I had to confirm. They had the tra- the packing slip, but it was, I don't know exactly know which box was which. So I did open up the box. And it was like 40 cassette tapes. Music or something else? Music, like the old music cassette tapes. Okay. And I'm like, I don't know what you're using these for. Did you ask them? No, oh. it's none of my business. I realize now, admitting you that I opened it up. open somebody else's mail. But I, ha- I had to confirm. But it wasn't it- addressed to them anyways, so I think legally you're fine. I don't know. I am currently looking up cassette player because i know that the sony walkmans are always very overpriced on ebay but judging from this you can buy a a new cassette player for about 37 dollars. okay but what about their cassettes themselves i i think if you go to value village people don't really pick through them very much i i don't know i could be wrong there could be a big community brand new cassette. unrecorded cassettes and blank ones yeah Oh, blank ones are probably pretty easy to get. I'd imagine. Cassettes. But who you... Wh- I mean, what? Um, apart from just audio ones, cassettes are good for archival yeah. tools, but I don't... Uh, you can get a lot of 14 brand new cassettes, um, at 90s, for 20 bucks. Fine. Then it's not that cool that they had shipped audio cassettes then. They were just... Well, but if they were music, they would be interesting. Blanks are less interesting. Fine. My bad. But I don't know. It, it still interests me. Because there are people that will say that there's an aesthetic to the music that's different, even on cassettes. But it's just probably because people get nostalgic about everything. I'm curious to know. For sure. I know for a fact that... Some of the smaller electronics have issues. Like, for instance, I, at one point, pretty recently, pulled out an old CD player that my dad gave me. It was a, a non-skip. It was might have been a Sony product. I don't know. It was a, just a disc player, like a compact disc player that you would take with you. And I used it as a kid to listen to my CDs. I plugged in my good pair of Audio-Technica headphones into it. And the sound quality of that thing was garbage. <laughs> and I know it's the disc player because the files on these cds are wave files or lossless files if you listen to them on your computer after burning the cd sounds fantastic yeah. it sounds great there's not much quality in those things and i, I kind of wonder if it's the same issue where if you get like a full-size cassette deck is it any better than a little small cassette player maybe there's a portability versus quality issue years but, ago and it would have to be in the audio amplification really because there's not there's no digital process involved so i don't know tricky if, if there's a shitty amp inside of it i guess that's the the problem i have a friend of mine that still watches a lot of movies on like old school not vhs like betamax like okay. he, he I has w- i want to watch a movie on some old format like that just to see the different aesthetics i want i know what vhs looks like and it has an interesting quality to it hey i i've got the projector i should i keep saying i will and like i should millimeter? buy an old an old copy of the Wizard of Oz, and we can... That'd be cool. Hmm. Yeah. The aesthetic of the old formats is interesting. Even, I've, I've seen somebody that had an interesting comparison where they, they used to make, like, high-quality VHS tapes that were, like, supposed to be better than the rest. And you sort of compare that to, like, the main release of a movie, and then they compare it to, like, one that was copied to another VHS and just look at the different losses and quality along the way and it is an interesting interesting look to it that you definitely can't replicate fully digitally which is a nostalgia thing too but that's vhs is what i grew up with i tried i i took some time i've been here for almost five months and i finally plugged in my gamecube i haven't played gamecube in a long time what games would you even play on that? Uh, I started playing a James Bond GameCube game. Everything or nothing. Everything or nothing. That's a great one. It's a great one. I'm, I know every single level of that game. It's I it's loved fantastic. it. Fantastic. And I was disappointed 
as to how I knew it wasn't going to look amazing. I was disappointed terrible. as to how bad it actually looked on my TV. It was. It's probably a scaling issue because your TV is a large HD TV. Yes, I. But but the game otherwise doesn't look. That well, I know. Good. I have to go back to it and take a look because I started playing it like two a.m. one night, and I after I realized, ha, huh, I beat the first mission. It's good. I will go back to this, but I do have to find a workaround because it really didn't look good. But I loved. Uh, Can you? What kind of inputs does a Mac? Can you output another computer onto a Mac? What a what a missed opportunity! Just daisy chain a bunch of computers. Eh. Actually, that's one of the the kind of silly worst issues on an iMac because the the internal components could could go, but if you could still kind of use it as a external monitor, you could keep them. I don't see why they don't give you that capability as a monitor. But no, I I loved everything or nothing. I always, to me, the best version of Harvest Moon, and I love Harvest Moon, mm-hmm. was on the GameCube. Interesting. I know a lot of people played it on Game Boy. But. Well, the the Game Boy one I played as well, but I liked the the Harvest Moon one. There's a Die Hard game on GameCube, which is horrible. Okay. But it's so violent, and they're swearing and everything, and it was a GameCube game. So Sometimes like, there was a few games that slipped under the radar yeah. on Nintendo. So lots, a little bit of extra blood and whatnot, so it was kind of a cool GameCube game. Hmm. Um, and then, like, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2003, but hmm. interesting. that enjoyment has kind of passed its peak. Yeah. 15 years ago. A little bit. If I had to go back and play a GameCube game, I probably would try to find a Legend of Zelda Master Collection because I remember some kids having that when I was a kid. It it seemed pretty cool. You can play through Ocarina of Time and they have like the Master Quest version, which is like a bit harder. And you can get Wind Waker. And then there's a bunch of the other ones that were on the... I I think they were... Game Boy ones and, and the NES ones or whatever, but that'd be pretty cool. What else was really good on the N64? The, the N64 is the one that I want Nintendo to remake because they, they have the classic whatever the They remade NES. the N64. I'd be down. I'd yeah. buy it. Although, I like the... This is where I'm torn. Uh, Sony is doing some interesting things. They re-released... Uh, Crash Bandicoot. Nice. On they remastered it, but you get to play through the three original games like you've never played before. Sounds fun. And it was cool. They released it exclusively on Sony, and then they opened it up to everybody, which is cool. A little bit weird because now you can play Crash Bandicoot on Xbox. Yep. They're gonna do the same with Spyro. Which is I awesome. I saw that. That looked excellent. Yes. Except they're not even doing the exclusive Sony thing. They're no. just releasing it on all platforms. Awesome. Makes sense. Give me Spider-Man, goddammit. Which one? The game. The one that just came out. You're releasing what originally was oh. a Sony-only property. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. On everything. The Spider-Man one's weird because it has massive appeal that's not tied to a console, really. Mm. It's because Sony owns yeah. 100, but Sony owns crap. I don't understand where the legal thing is where Sony will release. But the developers for Spider-Man are going to be different than. Yeah, but the developers were told by game. Sony, if you're going to do the Spider-Man game, it's going to be a Sony PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. So they Hold had to do their back. research where they thought, hmm. You know, we're going to sell more PlayStations because this is an exclusive versus people buying the game. I don't know how that number would work out. I'm not buying a PlayStation just to play it. No. But if it came out on Xbox, yeah, I'd get it. So, to me, the difference between making $65 versus not making $65, they have to think, well, we're going to sell, I suppose... If the game is $65 or whatever, $59.99 or $69.99, whatever, plus the console, so they think we're going to sell a $300 console in a game. So, yeah, I guess you'd have to sell quite a few 
games to equate to somebody buying the console and the game. But still, that bothers me. I mean, I've been in that position a lot recently as a PC gamer because there's just... It's fractured because a lot of games, most games still seem to come to PC. But it's not just Steam anymore. Ubisoft's got their own thing and the Origin Launcher is its own thing. And it's much more fractured. Whereas I used to just buy everything on Steam and it was in this one place. And that's what I liked about it. And now you have like delayed um, releases of content like Red Dead Redemption might get a PC or the new version. uh is it Battlefront? Battlefield 5. Battlefield 5 is out. It's getting a staggered release based on which version you bought. If you bought the deluxe version, that's weird. You get it earlier. If you bought just the regular $60 version, you have to wait till the end of November to play. That's brutal. It's a bit odd. Hmm. We're like, pay more to get it soon. If or, the game's done, the game's done. Yeah. Even um, I would have bought Fallout 76 had it been available on Steam, but apparently it's just getting released on Bethesda's website, and that's how they want to do it. And it's like, well, I know you might eventually release it on Steam, but guess what? It's an online-only game. So the wave, the first wave of all the enthusiasm and joy of players discovering this world is going to be over by the time I get into it if you are going to release it on Steam. And I'm not interested in that anymore. Because now you have a world where everybody's you know more experienced and has the hang of things and you're coming into this with nothing. So then why wouldn't you go to their website? Why wouldn't you buy it from them? Because I buy my games on Steam. They're in one place. Just like when I had a PlayStation, I had a PlayStation 3, I refused to buy games on the PlayStation Store. One, because hard drives weren't as big back then. But two, all my games are in the same place. They're all discs. They're That's all fair. My, all my shelf. I don't want to fracture the experience that much. But you're fracturing your video watching experience by going to Amazon Prime Video. I haven't. I've never used Amazon Prime Video. I know, but you know, you're curious and you're going to. And also, I don't have to buy the content, so it's not like it's, I have a library or anything. But yes, That's fair. I, I finally figured. Well. I finally figured out how to navigate because you told me to go to the app or whatever. But like, it's good. There's there's a lot of good stuff on there. It's a lot of crap. The the Top Gear remake, whatever they call it, I forget what they called it. But and then the Jay Leno I'm thing. To watch that. I'm slowly working through the entire series of House because it's on there. I like House. Fair enough. I've seen a few episodes myself. Um, Two and a Half Men, Roseanne, Married with Children. So they got some stuff. Really, the only reason I'm looking for it is because I want an alternative to Netflix. Because Netflix doesn't have everything, so having a bit more options would be nice. Well, it's just going to be more fragmented anyways. Disney's coming out with their thing next year, and then it's just going to screw everybody up. I'm not. Keep in mind, I don't pay for Netflix. I live with somebody who pays for Netflix, so I'm good on that front. And I am going. I have been using Amazon Prime for like over two years now. Time to get your full benefits. Not because of the video, because of the shipping. It pays for itself in the shipping alone. But now you'll get the video and the actual Amazon Prime Music app isn't that bad either. But I have Google Play Music and Tila (laughs) keeps trying to get me on her Apple Music. (laughs) So there's too many choices, really. So So what's her sales pitch for Apple Music? What's her sales pitch? Yeah, when she says Eric. She's talking about how many songs are available. But I've never looked for a song that's a mainstream pop song, not some indie bullshit, that wasn't available on the Google Play Store. And I like the interface better for the Google Play Store than the Apple Music interface because Apple Music has had the oversimplicity of iOS bleed into it where it makes me feel like they think I'm retarded when I'm using the application and they've hidden things to keep me safe. Like equalizer settings or or other things that i would otherwise use so and i don't appreciate that and i don't know i've again i and i've never had an issue with google play music so why would i switch now and google play music lets me play local content which i have local content on my phone so why would i change it's nicer that way in my opinion that's fair like for instance if I wanted to review one of these podcasts and just listen to it to check it because I thought there might be some kind of error or something, I could do that through the Google 
play. Well, we did say music we were going to start uploading them to iTunes, which we should do. We have to we have to figure that out. We also need an intro. I was going to talk to you about that today. We weren't on camera, but if you still want to do it, we have to figure it out and do it. Let's do it. Okay, because we're going to end up at episode fifty before we know it, and then it's that's insane. It's getting close. <laughs> it's getting close. We should talk about. I guess we got plans for next weekend. Um, actually, before I do have a question about Google play or oh. google music google yep. play music and yep. then maybe apple are are they at the one of the biggest things that netflix did and i realize now i'm talking about netflix is they finally opened up the ability to allow you to download videos for offline use for offline use yep google lets you do that too yes. with music yes whatever you want because that's the thing i i absolutely hate streaming music in the car like, I wouldn't just be streaming using my data, even though music is kind of a negligible thing to be streaming, as I'm driving around. But if I have full access to an ungodly, like, just so many, so a huge selection yeah. that I can download and choose for my drive, then that is a selling point Apple for me. Music lets you do that, I okay, believe. Okay, perfect. Then... You don't use Apple Music? I don't. What do you use? Uh, the songs that I have purchased over the course of many, many years. iTunes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, that's the interesting thing, too, is people don't understand the difference yet about... The, Apple Music's been out for a long time. Well, I know people the difference. I no, just no, don't... I'm not saying you, but lots of people that Tila deals with on a daily basis don't understand that you don't own the songs in the same way as I like would. to own. You know, there's, there's yeah. something to be said about my weird mixture of actual jimmy buffett cds and then the albums that i bought online i now have the complete collection for me it's an interesting because it is another fragmentation of my life but it makes a little bit more sense because the songs that i stream are i can listen i just you know listen to new music sometimes you have like radio stations based off certain artists and it'll just shuffle through things and you can find stuff and it's cool the stuff that I really like and li- would listen to more than once and would listen to at my computer with a headphone amplifier and a good set of headphones and like this is a sit down and listen to maybe by itself or while I'm doing work or something and it's, and it's important to me, I wouldn't stream those because I want higher quality. I want maybe like a lossless oh, file yeah. or whatever. So that kind of music for that kind of environment, I would I buy. I tend to buy. I'd use CDs or whatever, burn them. And then, yeah, so then I stream elsewhere. I stream when I'm using my phone in my car or when I'm at work or something. It's It it makes sense to fracture those two environments, to have a subscription service, but then also to pay for some music. Well, of course, because the, the digital way of buying music now is still so affordable anyways. You're, if you're buying just random songs, it's still just incredibly easy to buy them. Mm-hmm. Unless you buy the entire album which you can also do usually what i do as well for because i am serious about that kind of stuff when i buy it so i'll go buy a cd which is, um actually talking about i just want to again make sure that my my uh information that i'm giving is correct sure but there's something if i read the article right there's something new that's coming that is interesting. New about what? Hmm? New about what? So, am I distracting you? It's kind of a funny shot. By the way, shoot film not pixels, I guess. Plug that hashtag. Is it even winding? Yes, it is. Lovely. Uh, Bob Dylan has a new album. When was the last one that he released? Because he's like a ton of basement tapes and like stuff that's kind of meh. I don't know. This is like a... Is this album a big deal? Is this getting a lot of publicity? I don't know. I just heard about it today that he had one. Bob Dylan's a weird mixed bag because I will admit that he is a musical icon that has been so influential to so many people but there's a lot of crap in with the good stuff like he's he's very mystical with his his lyrics and stuff and it's really sort of 
up for your own interpretation, but that only gets you so far, in my opinion. Bob Dylan's best songs have always stimulated an impulse in listeners to want more of him. In the late 1960s, yada, yada, yada. Woodstock, yada, yada, yada. Live Aid, yada, So yada, this yada. month's release of the entire existing archive of studio outtakes and unreleased versions of songs Great. from Blood on the Tracks has generated feverish anticipation among his fans. The new 87-track, six-CD box set, oh. More Blood, More Tracks. It's a cool name. It's just the extras. It, and its more affordable 11-song Best of CD was worth the 43-year wait. Oh, boy. You know... I don't know if I care. I think that's kind of neat. I bought a... You bought a thing that you have to walk over to your desk to find. We talk about things that I don't have in front of me. I bought this last year. Buried Treasure. And Volume 1 by Jimmy Buffett. The whole story behind this was... They were cleaning out an old recording studio and they found a bunch of tapes of like his first few years of demoing tracks that didn't really go anywhere. And he's now released them and they've remastered them. So some of them still sound a little questionable here and there, but it's kind of neat. And from an artist perspective, going back and thinking, this is where I started. Yeah. I would be more interested in listening to that than say, here are the tracks that didn't make the cut halfway through a musician's career well, they, that was left in a fair. basement somewhere. Like that, that's cool. I would listen to that. If, if there was a, a CD you could buy that had Bob Dylan's failed hits before he made it big, yeah, I'd love to hear that for sure. Uh, they were literally buried in a closet in a recording studio in Nashville for decades. They were discovered by an old friend of mine who actually recorded these tracks in Alabama in 1969. So, it's kind of a neat thing. And the album's fine. Uh, he explains the song. So it's song it's and then an audio track where he explains kind of where it came from, the inspiration. So it's a very personal album. Interesting. And of course, volume one means that there's more to come. I feel like you could almost do like a guided tour through music or something, like a narrative thing on like a service like Audible, where it's like Ooh. a. Because it's not a book, although maybe you could write it as a book first and make it more official, but like it's not. Make something that's not just an album, but it's sort of like this guided tour through like a musical history as an artist. And you could like. Wouldn't that be probably better set as maybe a podcast? Would be. But I think I think an audiobook would make sense. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same idea, pretty much. Except podcasts seem to be a little bit more niche, whereas an audiobook book is a more official thing, I would say, for a well recognized figure like a music artist. If, if a. If Bob Dylan created a podcast tomorrow, how many people would be on that bandwagon right away and listen to everything? I don't know. We're dealing there are with some podcasts that get millions upon millions of millions of views, though. Yes. If, if Bob Dylan went on Joe Rogan podcast, Fuck, that'd it'd, be cool. be, it'd be great. Although he'll never do that because he's a recluse that doesn't do anything. But if he had his own podcast, all these people, all these baby boomers and all these people that are going to want to listen to him, are they going to figure that shit out? I doubt it. Most of them probably won't. They probably Fair. Like, oh, Bob Dylan's doing this weird radio show on the internet. Well, I don't know. How, how do I make that fucking work? But that being said, it would almost fit his brand where if he does it right, it's still kind of anti-establishment. He's not necessarily working for Amazon. Audible, it would be. Hmm. He, I mean, at one point he was kind of, I don't know. That'd be that'd be intriguing. It's like a more in depth behind the music. Yeah, I I'd be interested in it. Although unfortunately, a lot of the people that I like to hear from are already dead. So yes, not very useful. Uh, that's one of the negatives of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, can't really get Freddie's input. Well, you can't get Freddie's input, but also the I like 
music biopics where they explain where the songs came from. It was actually, I, I really liked the movie. I like the movie, but some of the things like, well, we want, we want a song that the audience can play. That's great. But I mean, you didn't really explain why. Well, it was the whole foot stomping thing. Yes, I know that. Yeah. But or him uh, at the beginning of the movie p- playing the the uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody piano uh, tune in like it's just he there's there's no inspiration behind it. It's just he's playing it, and he figured he just came up with it on the spot. Which I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe it was something he came up with on the spot and then didn't get put into an album until it I don't was know. required at a later date. It makes sense for the movie that they probably fibbed a lot of things and it was just a way to have foreshadowing because otherwise... That's true. ...wouldn't be as interesting. The only sad thing, or the, the unfortunate thing about the movie, is I wanted one scene to be mentioned because it's the one kind of big story that I knew about Freddie Mercury that sounds like it should be a movie. He was good friends with Princess Diana. Oh, yeah. That sounds like it could turn into a conspiracy movie real quick. Yeah. But at one point, before she died, obviously, he and a comedian, I can't remember the name of the comedian, snuck Princess Diana into a gay bar. They dressed her up like a dude and snuck her into a gay bar. That does sound like a fan. And it sounds like something that should be in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Even, um, like, some somebody pointed out, because I was just going through some music online from Queen, and some people pointed out there's actually a song that the rest of the band wrote kind of commemorating, like, the life of Freddie Mercury or whatever, and it didn't, it kind of would have made sense to be the thing that they play at the end in the credits. But they didn't include it. Just strange omissions. Gotta, you gotta help Justin get in the door because there's a painting in the way. Sorry, our podcast. <laughs> That's unfortunate because I'm sure Justin wanted a cold drink right about now, too. It's a good thing I didn't have any cold beers in there. Yeah, they'd be warm beers now. Well, how was your day? Mandatory cameo. Just getting my cameo in. Uh, DH Media merch, dhmedia.com slash merchandise. Get yours now. Go buy wedding photography. You said the wrong website. They don't know that. DH Media Team. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Dot com. DH Media Team. Get your DH Media merchandise. Go on there, buy a wedding. Even if you're not having one, just buy it for <laughs> someone else or a stranger. Crowdfunded weddings. Crowdfunded weddings. Or engagement shoots. Or or com- commercial shoots. Or destination Anything. weddings. Anything. If it's in front of I'd, a camera, call us. I would love to do a destination wedding where all four of us go down. Could you imagine the stuff we could get? Uh, yeah. No, it's an opportunity and a half. We were discussing before the podcast that we need a way to more organically introduce the concept of, of the bride and groom or whoever we're working for to use what they have at their disposal because there's always you know we had a groom that had like a really fancy truck that he you know built by hand himself every part and he wanted that to be part of the wedding video and the, and the photography and then they, sometimes they have like a special piece of property or whatever they have like i don't know they have a horse they wanted in a photo or just something random like that if we sort of intro in, inject into their minds that they can do anything maybe they'll start doing cool stuff like oh yeah my uncle has a private plane and we can go sit in the plane and do fancy wedding photos up in the sky or like something just just to branch out uh we had at one point an opportunity to do that and then we didn't uh there was a bride and groom this year that were firefighters Ooh. and they got photos done at a saint catherine's fire hall that'd, on the fire truck that'd be cool but you know they hired us for photography and then canceled the photography side of things so we didn't get to do the fire truck shoot that's unfortunate but well, but stuff like that, I'm, that is neat. But There's the opportunities a, exist. Oh, yeah. There's a I, person. And I'm, I'm sure that we've had lots of, you know, customers that otherwise would totally be up for those kind of things. I just didn't think, hey, I wonder if, if they would, inc- you know, want to include that into what we're doing today. Okay, so let's flip it on you. What would you, if 
you were getting married mm-hmm. and you were asked by your photographer something personal, something about you. Where would you? What would you do? Hmm. Random. See, if cost was no object, because like, things do cost money, and it's out of the way, I think I'd probably want to. You could have a day at. Um, there's this big set of cliffs up at like where my family cottage is just getting some crazy shots of jumping off like a 25 foot cliff or even higher if you're daring enough into the water and you could do it in i don't know trash the dress style if you did it after the fact or or whatever but you could get some pretty cool shots that are unique and i think that'd be that's something that off the top of my head to be interesting or i could do like a pretty much anything outdoorsy i don't know i'm up for a lot you could you could have a, a day at a gun range that's something i could do be fun to photograph that i'm sure I'd, I'd like to photograph that if anybody that is getting married has guns wants to go shoot them to be part of their photos yeah huh bring hearing protection yes <laughs> or even uh like a musician if if music is a big part of their life and they have like a studio room in their house or something why not get a few shots in the you know they're preparing whatever let's just say the bride or the groom's preparing get some shots in that room and be jamming out or whatever on the wedding day or something just just even small stuff like that because it gives us as a company a bigger portfolio of these why these interesting images to show people because those are the ones that stand out you go on any well-respected photographer's website it's always it's a lot of times the destination weddings because that's exotic to us you know, on this really old stone wall that was built in some city that's, you know, older than our country. And you just look at that like, wow, that's something different. But it's a little stuff like that that I think would help. What, what would you do if you had to... Like, I was thinking about it. I, I was secretly hoping you wouldn't ask. I was I had to came up with I had to come up with an answer. Cool. Um, be in the, the tobacco fields of Tilsonburg? See, they don't, don't really have a personal touch to me, though. That would be funny, and if cost was no object, it'd be like, yeah, I think a photo maybe Go in a tobacco it. field would at least reference the the <laughs> cancer causing heritage that I have. Um, you could go to a Jimmy Buffett concert. Yeah, I thought about. There's two things. I thought about the Jimmy Buffett thing, and then going kind of the cheesy-ish route, but there's... And I suppose it should be something personal to the couple, too. But if it was just about me, I would say let's do a highly stylized and lots of post-production set of maybe three to five photos where we're taking you know, myself and Melissa and putting us into famous scenes and movies. That'd be cool. There's a lot you can do with the videography side of it too, for sure. If if it if they happen to be decent actors, if that's what they're into. So, but the Jimmy Buffett concert—that's that's neat. Mm-hmm. I um show up to one a concert in full wedding attire. I don't know. My dad was in Florida this past week, and they actually made it down to Key West. It's the nice. first time in my life that I actually realized that Key West was on his bucket list. I'm like, we don't talk enough because it's on mine too. Like, I don't know why. Didn't. I suppose we both should have known that it was, but we didn't talk about it. So he went, like, he went to the southernmost point of the states. Uh, Key West? Like, you. There's islands. Yeah. I don't know. I, it is. Okay. Well, then I've been there, but didn't seem that important at the time. Um, kid, they stayed because they were staying at a house in kind of northern Florida. So they went down to the key or to Key West for a few for a night, actually, and they stayed at a Margaritaville uh, hotel. But it was also a marina for expensive boats. And Keith Urban, a famous country star's yeah. boat, was there. Wow. Uh, and after a little bit of research, they found out there was a $230 million vessel. Mm-hmm. And the dinghy, the the rowboat, was both bigger and more expensive than my father's pontoon boat. Mm-hmm. So, in, in Florida especially, I've noticed it more than anywhere else in the world. 
a hundred fifty thousand dollar boat is nothing to even bat an eye at. Like it's they're everywhere. There's there's boats worth as much as my house everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. And they they woke up the next morning and turns out it was the thirty eighth annual speedboat races in Key West. That'd be fun to watch. So they just stumbled onto a competition and it was fun. Hmm. It looked fun. If I went to Florida again, probably should just go all. Key West, yeah. Although here's the problem, he probably flew into Fort Lauderdale, didn't he? I forget where he flew in. I don't think it was Fort Lauderdale. No, Tampa. Uh, But because it's a it's a heck of a drive even from there. Oh, it was a five and a half hour drive for them. Uh, So probably, but Fort Lauderdale. You drive with some friends. They timed it right, so they were driving. They might have been there two nights, but they timed it right, so they were driving on the bridge during sunset and some of the photos. Um, the bridge is pretty nice too yeah i forget how long that one is a co-worker was talking about how they just built the world's longest bridge in china but i immediately made me think of that one they just cell phone photos but i don't think they have photos from on the bridge well they're on their way it actually doesn't look like it's on the bridge so i lied but still um it's a big one anyways quite elevated above the water I thought it was interesting. My dad sent me this photo on the screen now, obviously, of a sunset. It looks exactly like some other sunsets I've seen. <laughs> and I sent, like, our lines are pretty much the Oh, wrong way. Our lines are pretty much the same. Pretty much. <laughs> so I was showing it to Melissa because I said, his water... Granted, it's a Facebook compressed image, but his water doesn't look too bad. I would say that his waves are, in some areas, very similar to to mine. I still like mine better. I like my sky a lot more. And the horizon's flatter. But for just a a cell phone sunset photo. You could be in Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I guess a lot of sunsets look the same. Well, yeah, that's just it. Although it is neat because I do, I don't have it. I have my Cuba sunset and I have my Florida sunset and you put them side by side and they're both aesthetically different. Cuba one, Cuba one was just neat because we were so high up so you could see everything, that little uh, cove. Being able to walk on top of a hotel, how it works. Oh my God, I just thought of something. What's that? We should go back to that hotel and shoot a podcast on the top of the hotel. (laughs) Just because the podcast didn't exist yet when we first went there, that makes sense. We could do it. We could. We could. We could get the staff involved. So that's more interesting than their jobs. Ooh, get the lazy ass bartenders. You know what? We could get uh, if we went back there. We could get the the entertainment director, not necessarily him, oh. but I bet you they'd give a great interview. He would though. That guy's. That guy was good. Yeah, Nicholas. That was his name. No. No? No. Pretty sure it definitely was not Nicholas. I think he said it was. No. Okay, I'll steal what she remembers it as. It was something like that. Maybe it was more Hispanic, but I swear it was. He is consequently my friend on Facebook. Is he? Yes. I should have had him on Facebook, although he probably doesn't remember me at this point. <laughs> so many freaking But I'm pretty tourists. I'm 90% sure his name isn't Nicholas. Uh I, what else could it have been? Because the main thing I remember is when we went to the market to buy cigars, we referred back to him. I I swear that's what we said. That we could do amazing interviews down there. Good. Lots of interesting people that have been isolated in a communist country for a very long time. I don't know how I'm going to find him on my friends list. No. No, I have no idea. I mean, you could... Can you search by location? Just go to Cuba. Also, that's also a curious thing because I guess you can communicate with Cubans. That they're allowed to freely use the internet. That's that. that's the big difference between when I went last year and when I went back in 2013, 2014. Is back then, they might have had cell phones, but they were still very... Like, none of them had smartphones. They were all still just flip phones. Yeah. Flip phones. So in the three years, they went from... I can't... Good luck finding the person that you don't know their 
first name of? Uh, friends. What? Yeah. The. I don't know if I'd do more of like the tour kind of the tourist stuff. If I went to Cuba, like they had a bunch of mountain trekking things you could go on and some boats you could ride around on, but it didn't really seem that appealing. I think Cuba is just a really efficient way to go to a place and have unlimited liquor, decent food, decent enough food, yeah, and a great beach. It's pretty effective for that. Unless I guess if you go to Havana or somewhere like a a city center and stay there, there might be a little bit more going on. But just having the beach is kind of enough for me. Although next time I'll bring a scuba mask, so I don't have to ask to borrow a shitty one. Yeah, how your your scuba enjoyment in Florida, Florida. Was terrible. There was nothing. I couldn't see most of the time. But you had so the mask, salty. so that... I did have a mask. But the conditions were not suitable for snorkeling. That's for sure. Although there were dolphins, that would I should have. I, want, I forget how close we were allowed to get to the pier, but that's where the things were going on. If I was allowed to snorkel near the pier, I would have seen so much stuff. Possibly dolphins, but other lots of other fish. The biodiversity in the ocean is just so much better than what we have in our lakes. My dad went to a beach that's famous for just washed up shark teeth. So cool. they got a huge collection of shark teeth. Like There's just tons of them still lying there all the time? He sent me a picture of the shark teeth i will find this guy but i'm pretty sure it's, i'm couldn't have been nicholas no okay that's all right then but i will find it i think it's probably time to wrap this one up for the night yeah um slightly longer than the last couple this was just fluent conversation it was effort it was good conversation a lot of it boring but hmm? a lot of it was boring but i think i'm over it um, the hell mundane everyday things you're not going to give up looking at it now hmm? you're not going to give up looking for him now I'm going to stop but I am going to find him okay next so, week so next week uh, yeah like my calendar says we're going to celebrate a dead kid's birthday yes it's it'll be fun statement. it was fun last year I think it'll be good again this year no strip strip club, so probably. I'm okay off. with that. Yeah, more time to drink. And yes, party, and up. you don't have to work the next day, so that's great. <laughs> and then we have a guest. Yes, we do. So next week, for you guys, uh, Kevin David Murphy, somebody I went to college with, somebody who is infamous for his unique personality and way of life, will be on here for what I'm hoping is a very very riveting and soul-searching kind of podcast. I am very interested in actually getting to know him as a person. As opposed to what do you know him as now? A radio personality. Oh. Because for the past few years, it's just been... I, I, the, I knew him as a person, and then we became radio hosts. We didn't really hang out, so I don't think he has Instagram. Uh, there is a Kevin David Murphy. Hmm? I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see afterwards. But, uh, yeah, just very interesting guy, and there's lots of questions. He's worked on cruise ships. Interesting. Kind of. We know another person who has that we should also get on here, but... He wants to... I think he wants to be on Closer to Christmas, though. Okay. Which is fine, because we're, we're heading close to... Christmas. To Christmas. But uh, until we meet again, which is next week... If not sooner, but if not sooner. All right, farewell.